0: Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and that which you are yet to do. And I ask that you use these frail lips of clay, Father, to communicate your mind and even your thoughts and that which you want to speak through me, Father. Let no one remain the same in Jesus' name. Let these words resonate even till eternity in the name of Jesus. Let it bring about a shift in our lives, in our world, Father God. Let our world be a better place because we came. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Celebrate all the ministers in the house, and especially our mentors once again. Pastor Sharon, I'm particularly so glad that you came along. Love you. Love you. Everybody went quiet. Okay, tell your neighbor, love you. <laughs> tell your neighbor, I love, you. I love you. Some people couldn't say it, it was stuck in their throat. <laughs> hey, you have to get used to saying it. Why? It's our commission. As Christians, it shouldn't be difficult. Why is it very difficult for us to say, I love you? Especially men. I started my message, if you know me, I just share from my heart, God will help me. Amen. Why do men find it difficult? Huh? Some will say I was not raised that way. <laughs> I never had my father say I love you. Even my mom, well, you know, some, well, maybe once or twice in my life. That's not an excuse. You are now a Christian. Hello? And if you have Jesus in your life. I like to say love is our ID card. It's our identity badge, right? So we must be able to say. And not just the men, but you know in the Bible, the Bible says husband do what? Love. Does it. Hello? Someone will say I'm in trouble. <laughs> you're not in trouble. And even if you're single, even as a man and woman, you don't have to wait to say that, ah, when I marry, ah, I will say I love you to high. A hundred times. Begin to practice right from now. Hello? Some who can say I love you to themselves. Hello? Don't worry, if I'm out of order, my pastor is here. Do you know who my pastor is? For how many years? When your pastor is your husband. The dynamics are interesting. It is well. Some people, because they don't have that self, <laughs> they don't have the self love, they don't have the self confidence, they are not sure whether they love themselves. They're not sure whether Jesus loves them. They look in the mirror. Tell yourself, I love me. I love me. Amen. Amen. And you wonder, why is she going that way? My topic that I was given is called what? <laughs> Empower with love. Or empowered with love, or empowered by love, or whatever. Anyway, with love, anyway. And he said earlier on that leaders must love the people that follow them, right? So I say empower with love. But I also want to give it a subtopic, an interesting one. Don't leave them behind. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 44. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 44. His parents went to Jerusalem every year of the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph, his mother, did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company they went on a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. I want us to read another passage of scripture, and we'll still come to that. Job chapter 39, verses 13 to 19. The wings of the, are we there? Job 39, and i read from verses 13 to 19. The wings of the ostrich wave proudly But her wings and pinions, or are her wings and pinions like the kindly stalks? For she leaves her eggs in the ground and warms them in the dust. She forgets that a foot may crush them or that a wild beast may break them. She treats her young harshly as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain, but that will not be your portion. Without concern, Because God deprived her of wisdom and did not endow her with understanding, when she lifts herself on high, she scorns the horse and its rider. Have you been given the horse's strength? Have you clothed his neck with thunder? So tell your neighbor, thank God I'm not an ostrich because I am wiser than this bird. I am more like the eagle that trains this young. I will mount up with wings as eagles. I'm strong and powerful. And so are my young. And so are my babies. And so are the younger generation. And so are the younger generation after them. In Jesus' name. Now, you see, we come to a point, and we're still talking about leadership. Leadership is about people. It's not about things. It's not about gadgets. convenience. earlier speaker said, to empower means to promote the well-being of another, to empower, to promote another. But I want us to think about the next generation, because leadership is not a walk in the park. Do you agree with me? When we get to the point where we're tired of finger-pointing, when we get to the point where we are tired of blaming and ranting and, you know, complaining about all that is going on around us, particularly in our country, in our nation. Hello? When we are tired of all the corruption, when we are tired of things that we feel we can do nothing about, yet which God has empowered us about already. We will look to the next generation. We will look to the coming generation. We will seek to empower them with love. We'll seek to strengthen them. We'll look to them and seek to understand them, their language, and ways to equip them. We'll look within us. Hello? And look at the witch that is inside us. I didn't say that, I'm just (laughs) quoting our mentor that went earlier. (laughs) And just be in awe and in amazement of all the evil that we have done. Hello, do you still love me? Thank God, I know God loves me even with this message because you must say the truth. And it's not like as leaders we have not tried and we have not been powerful and we have not, you know, leaders do a lot. Like I said, it's not a walk in the park. And I've been doing life like this for quite a number of years now. I'm 50 now, so let me say maybe from about 25 years, I've been doing life like this. Um, Rolling with it with my husband also alone in that which God has given me, you know, going down to the trenches, going down to the places where people are loved, the forgotten people. But you know that children many times rank among the forgotten people. And I'm talking about young people, very young people. Jesus was the leader of all times, right? And he was going to be the leader of all times. But we read in that passage, And I'm still coming to that passage. He himself was forgotten temporarily. Hello? So just calm down and say, there's hope for my children. And there's hope for the young people around us. So this is not a condemning message. Hello? It's not a condemning message. But it's something that will make us sit up and help us look at things from another perspective. Because that was what was put in my heart to speak about. So yes, power, 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 we're powerful and we have every, you know, all the ambition and everything and yes, we want to win the world and do great things. But who are we going to hand over those things to? Do we think we're going to live forever? Why do we many times forget them? And even the way we go on many times about our lives, but when we look at our young people, Why are they so different from us? Why are they so far from us? And the more we see their behavior, teenagers or post-teenagers, millennials, all of them, and especially when they come into their, you know, even early 20s, and we look at them and we shake our head, and the more we... Even complain about them and abuse them and tell them they don't look nothing like we are and we you know just look down on them like do you know what you are doing do you don't you know you have a view? you know we talk but do we really take time to understand them? Do we really take time to get into their world? Do we really take time to empathize with all that they are dealing with in a world like this? which we didn't have even half of the things that they are dealing with, you know, um, come at us when we were much younger. Things are not really skewed in their favor, because number one, they're little. Hello? Do you know how young people think, very young people? They think they're really insignificant. Children age four or five, they think we're, we're little people after all, nobody sees us. So you've got to stoop down. We've got to come to their level. Hello? Someone said you stoop to conquer. You come down to their level. Communicate, bring them along. Deliberately explain, let them understand. And you know, they model after us. They model after us. So if what we see today, then that's what we have modeled. I'm not talking about you in particular, what you have modeled, or what I have modeled, but I'm just saying that generally, as leaders, as adults, it's partly because of what we have modeled. It's part of what we have done or not done. Neglect. Well, the Lord will forgive us in Jesus' name. And I believe he has forgiven us, but sometimes when the damage is done, how do we begin to repair? So we have to preserve them rather than wait and see, and then begin to do damage control and look for ways to repair. I read about the ostrich. The ostrich, you know, this is where they got that, you know, that word or that proverb that says we, we shouldn't play the ostrich. You know, they say, oh, the church plays the ostrich when it comes to politics because the ostrich has this habit of putting her head inside the sand. Hello. You know? And that is just to act like what's going on with you is none of my business. <laughs> That's just how she was designed, but you and we were not designed that way. So don't be like the ostrich. It says the ostrich leaves her eggs in the ground. When the ostrich lays her eggs, she leaves it in the ground, leaves it in the dust, and just goes away. Have you heard that before? Is it the Bible? This book is like some kind of an encyclopedia. And much more, because every almost every animal or whatever is named there, from the ants to the lion. And they're always trying from the spider also. There's a place it says the spider is so weak, is so frail, but he finds himself in in the king's palace. That means you have no excuse. So I have no one to help me. No, no connection. No, how does the the spider? when just do like this. It's gone. But he finds himself in the palace. How did the ant become a mighty army that builds? So it's not about size. It's not about. But the Bible tries to use these animals to. To communicate to us, and we are higher than them. Hello? Much higher than them. Don't bother about how some people behave on this tree, though. We are much higher than them. Cannot even be compared. So, she lays her eggs. It says, she forgets a wild foot may crush them. Proverbs 39, verse 13 to 19. A wild beast may crush them. Forgets, forgets, that is it. We forget. We forget them. We, many times in our mind it's like, you're on your own. I'm going to walk, I'm, I'm going to win the world. Um, let me go and do my job. But we forget them. To carry them along. <laughs> She's, we, she, she treats them harshly as, as though they were not the, her own. She forgets a wild beast may cross them. And that is this, we have left them to do life on their own. And that's why it says, our labor is in vain, but our labor will not be in vain in Jesus' name. Why? Because she lacked wisdom and understanding. But when it comes to physical power, uh -uh. the ostrich. The ostrich is the fastest bird on foot. Very heavy. I saw one before, I think in South Africa. I didn't see him running or see her running, but Very, very, I'm sure we've seen pictures. It's a heavy bird, too heavy to fly. But it says here that if this ostrich races the horse and its rider, who will win? The ostrich. That she will scorn the horse and its rider. But yet you can't ride on her. (laughs) So She has physical strength, but this thing, empty. will not be like that in Jesus' name. So when we are talking about power, we're not talking about the physical power. We're not talking about position. We're not talking about bravado. We're not talking about all the trappings that look like powerful. Hello? But we're talking about concern. We're talking about love. We're talking about humility. We are talking about depth, depth of wisdom depth of knowledge love we're thinking generationally we're thinking continuity Jesus was thinking generationally that was why he would talk to his disciples and thank God for the first message he would train them he would teach them you know because he wanted them to carry on the work right and he said the Holy Spirit Acts chapter 1 verse 8 the Holy Spirit came indeed they were endued with power when the Holy Spirit came upon them hallelujah But even the same Jesus, the same Jesus, in Luke 18 verse 15 to 17 says, then they brought infants to him that he might touch them, but when the disciples saw it, hello, the disciples, the same disciples that were being trained by Jesus, you know they were the sub-leaders, The uncles and aunties of God. (laughs) My hobby and I joke with that phrase a lot. You see somebody's behaving. that's an auntie of God. Know it all. Uncle. The same disciples that he would sit with and train began to think it was exclusively for them only. And that's another challenge many times. We pass things on, the people we pass them on to, they don't pass it on to others. It stops with them it's because pastor favors us. That's why we're we in this group. And let me tell you, it's one of the most annoying things for leaders, let me tell you. Have a team of 12, 10, four, or whatever, and then they do not pass the information. They do not do likewise to their own group. We as leaders, we hate it. It's terrible because it means that you are not multiplying our influence. You think because we just like you and love you, that is only me that we are among the ten people that Pastor called into that meeting. And you don't know, you should call, go and call your own ten. So all those ten, if they call each of their ten, what does that become? Hundred, and on and on. Because Paul said that he has committed to uh, Timothy should commit to faithful people, who will also commit to. And on and on. But sometimes we just sometimes just feel like it's just because the leader, the boss likes me. That's why he called me. And that's it. You should just stop there. And the people in your team ask you, what did you share? It's not for all ears. (laughs) Even if you don't want to share it verbatim, you need to distill it, mix it, and give them. Hello? Even you have to mash it. And just, you know, pass it on. D.L. Moody said, you know, I'd rather, he said, rather than do the work of 10 men, I'd rather send 10 men. So it's not really even a very interesting thing when your leader gives you an assignment, and you come back and said, ah, I did everything. Hey, how did you I did everything by myself. I did, so well done. You didn't know that it would be more powerful. You said, well, I, I took along this person, I took, Three of us will share the job, you know? Because you think the leader will think that you are lazy. I gave you a job, you not shared it with four people. The leader will be very happy that you carried other people along, you didn't do it alone, because in so doing, those ones too have gotten to know how to do it. And when you are not there, you can call the other person that that saw you while you were doing it. Tell your neighbor, well done. (laughs) (laughs) That style is not working anymore. It's teamwork. It's continuity. Jesus said, Bring these infants. The disciples said, Ah, no. Or the infants were coming. They too wanted to, you know, He wanted to touch them. He wanted their life too to have impact. The disciples said, No. They rebuked them. And Jesus called them and said, Let these children come to me. Amen. Let them come to me. Because what? They are human beings too. We look down on people who are small, we look down on people who are um, afflicted, people who are by the wayside on the streets, people who beg for money, people who are very poor, people who are lame, we look down on them. Why? You know why? And children too, children who are whole, they're all like kind of in the same category, why? People who can do anything for us on the immediate. People who can reward us immediately. They're usually not in our immediate, you know, because there's no quick turnover. Child two years old, when do I want to wait for this one? Uh. (laughs) Before you know it, before you know it. So I want us to be patient, to think generationally, and as we go about our work, our leadership, everything we do, always remember the next generation. And the next generation whether you have children yet or not we have to think generationally so this message is not just something i think ah this is a motherhood message no it's a fatherhood one <laughs> in fact more fatherhood than motherhood hello yes. at least jesus was male people say god does not male or female but at least jesus was male. he came as a male child uh-huh. <laughs> Why did he come as a male child? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The head. It's so important. Leadership is about people. And our leadership in our home is about the people there. It's not about you. It's about the people there. Leadership in the church is about the people that you serve. And as leaders, have we connected them to God? Have we connected them to the Holy Spirit? That's so much more important. Leadership in the world is about the people on your team first, and then you will make profits. Hello? You have to care about them. And so I carried out a survey, and I was preparing for this message. Um, Before this, I knew the topic, empowered, empowered. Okay. I carried out a survey, and I asked... um, Young people, I ask that they mention the things they want their leaders to do for them. What would you want your leader to do for you that will be empowering? Hello, that's me. I sometimes share out my assignments. If you like me, eh, she now got help with her message. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I didn't tell them it was for my message. I just said, what, what, what would you like your leader to do for you that will be empowering? So someone said, okay, is it a secular leadership or spiritual? I said, both, anyone. So these are some of the findings. These are some of the feedback. So it said, to be firm and correct me in a loving manner when mistakes are made. To constantly push me to do things I would not have done on my own before. To create time for me. And this was from one very serious-minded guy, and that was very good. Then other responses. To to be honest with me, to give me a loan and start out my business after years of service. <laughs> to give me connections and build my network. To demonstrate his trust or belief in me. I love that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Okay? to create time for me. Can you hear? To give me loan to start out my business. I've, uh, OK, I've said that after years of service. To coach me when I eventually start out. To give me more responsibilities. I like that, that's serious-minded, isn't it? To monitor me closely. To send me on appropriate trainings. That is, should adjust the FX rate. <laughs> it's becoming political now. This person is thinking, of. Because I didn't tell this person this is for my message, this is for, I said, what would you want your leader? So this person is thinking, the person I gave this for is thinking Nigerian leaders. mm mm-hmm. the president. And all the, adjust the forex rate. You know, that's the rate of uh, the Naira to the dollar and all that. To reduce tribalism, to kill corruption, to give flexible work hours, uh, to allow to work from home, overtime pay, Uh, This one says sing, I don't know, to sing, dance. Listen to this one, buy me food. (laughs) Electricity, health, education, vocational centers for the youth, that's a good one. ICT centers, enabling environment for business to thrive, transparency, innovative developmental programs, motivation, objectivity. Another person said again, buy me food for lunch. Some were repetitive, so we didn't put, we didn't repeat again. Um, to ask me about my family showed a new concern for me. Pay me like a real leader should. <laughs> Motivate me like a mother would. Words of encouragement on a daily basis. You don't know the way to your Bible. <laughs> or YouTube. <laughs> And um, I have about two or three left. Um, create a reward and promotion system for achievement of tasks. Easy accessibility to the leader. So you see leaders? That's your list. And yeah, that's a very long list. But what do you see about this leads, list, needs? It's need-based, <laughs> it's need-based. Whether physical, like food and electricity and all that, (laughs) whether spiritual or emotional, they want you to do everything for them because you are Deputy God. (laughs) So when you sign up for leadership, it's not a walk in the park. There are expectations. Whether you can meet all these expectations or not is another story. But I want you to know that people have expectations of you and me. Young people, old people, once you say you're a leader or you try to act like one or you are in that position or whatever, these are their expectations. You are better. You are the leader now. You are the one that has money. You no, know, You pay my transport fare. You, that is how it's in. But leaders are people too, right? Leaders too need love. Leaders too need help. A few days ago, I felt like putting out a tweet, but I didn't, but I just thought, who do leaders go to when they are hurting? Where do you go as a leader, especially when you are an obvious leader already? You know, the kind of leader known and every, you know, who do you go to when you are hurting? So you don't go to your subordinates, you don't go to your followers. Who do you go to? I'm sure many people say, go to God now. Ah, God. So you do. You cannot go to God when you come. To- <laughs> to know how people think ask questions especially on social media just throw out a question you like hey there is work <laughs> leaders too should have mentors some people are leaders of leaders yes so but of course yes you talk to the Holy Spirit but you're very, if you be very practical sometimes you might need to talk to someone Another leader who has walked that path before. But you see, this long list, we don't need to condemn them or look down and say, eh, give me, give me, give me, take me, give me generation. Look at the things they are asking for. But it shows that there's great lack out there. It shows they have deep needs. So we must try and meet those needs as much as possible and also explain to them the ones that they should meet themselves. I like the one that says, give me more responsibility. Which means they're trying to say, give me work to do. Easy accessibility. I like that as well. You know, encouragement. But still understand that the leader, too, is a human being. So Jesus, in the open text, because of what he, too, went through, <laughs> when he grew up, he, he would deliberately say, bring the infants. Hmm. Because he's very spiritual parents too. Mm? They forgot him for a season. So say, followers should understand that leaders too are human. We forget too. Because many of us here are leaders, but we still have leaders too ahead of us, right? You have a boss in the office, you have your leader, you have your parents. So it can't be all about, you know, we keep telling leaders, be there for them, be there for them. Train them, train them. Like our first speaker, our convener, Pastor Samuel, said earlier on, and it's all about all these things the leaders need to do. How about the followers and the sub-leaders too? Hello? There must be understanding. It must be a two-way street, right? But Jesus, when he was young, his parents went to Jerusalem, as they would often do. Went to Jerusalem. Every year they would go for the Feast of the Passover. Now, when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the That is as usual, they went again. But they did not know that things had changed. We need to notice when things change. Do we notice that things have changed? In our children, in our young, even in the people that we are following, do we, do we notice? Are we sensitive? Do we really look at their eyes to know that something is going on? we're so busy with ourselves that we forget do we deliberately look out for them and so he said when they had finished the days of the feast of the passover as they returned this boy this 12 year old boy lingered behind in jerusalem joseph and his mother did not know it his parents did not what know that he was left behind. They didn't know that he was left behind. They didn't know that they had somehow overlooked him. They had forgotten him. What were they doing in their busyness? Number one, they were busy. With what? Themselves, the people. Number two, they assumed that he was with them we assume we know where these people are we assume we know where these young people are but many times we don't even know so they assume it was with the relatives or with the people that when they are entourage the regular crowd sometimes these people don't like the regular these young people sometimes don't like the familiar places and the people who can't do much for them hello Assumption is the, lowest, is the lowest form of thinking to assume. You must always check things out. You must always follow up. Sometimes when you're given assignment, you come and say, I assume that you'll be coming at the New York Times. Why must you assume? Why not ask? They should have checked on him. So sometimes they are blind to our desires for them. Because what did he say? When they eventually found him, he said, ah, I was about my father's business. And they were like, we have been looking for you. You scared us. But what was he doing? He was reasoning with the teachers of the law. He was discussing with them. He was reasoning with them. He was asking them questions. So he found a good place to hang out. But thank God that was positive, right? It could have been. What if it was somewhere else? Look at the children of today most of them when you're looking for them where do you find them reasoning with the teachers of the law <laughs> ah. sometimes parents are shocked when they realize that their child that they put in school is just literally about to drop out but they get a letter from college and says that's the end of it." like what what happened i heard the story of one in the uk this is not to scales but apparently he had failed and he didn't tell his parents, one year, the second year he was still collecting the money for the school fees, it wasn't remedied to the school because he was already out of school and they didn't know. Graduation was approaching, then the bombshell. I was not graduating anything. What happened? They didn't notice, they didn't check. If they had checked, then they said, your results, hello? I know in some parts of the world, when you are 18, you don't have to maybe declare your results or whatever, right? Yeah, it's optional. You have to send the form. They say it's optional, but uh, for us, that was Pastor <laughs> <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> there is no option there. If I'm paying the school fees, I must see the result. <laughs> so if you want to do the 18th thing, then um, go find the fees yourself. <laughs> Hello. So, if a child is paying his own fees and he doesn't graduate or doesn't finish or what, that's his own business. Maybe he wants to drop out and go and work. Hello. After some of them said, big gate who did didn't finish. <laughs> Which school did big Gate drop out from? <laughs> Harvard. Oh, what's his name also? Mark Zuckerberg. They dropped out of the schools that to gain entrance into those kind of schools already in the first place. Mister, which school are you dropping? (laughs) Woo! And let me tell you, it has to be a two-way coin. (laughs) It has to be a two-way street. The truth is practically, let me tell you, practically, I know many times we come hard on parents, and that's what I'm doing, coming hard on parents and lead but I'm trying to balance it a bit. Because I tell the children too, you have to be fair. You have to be fair. You have to be fair. It's a two-way street. Followers, children, you also look out for your leaders. Look out for your parents. Hello. Look out. I mean, if you will want to draw all this and you want all these lists to be met, uh, you must be concerned about their well-being too. Hello. So you have to ask, uh, Dad, uh, is your job okay? Are you well are you are you good hello you must be concerned too even God who is El Shaddai all-knowing all-powerful don't we give him praise don't we thank him very well in advance sometimes hello so we must be fair on leaders too we must be fair on leaders too But the truth is, I'm just saying today, leaders, parents, parents parents-to-be, we know ourselves, adults, even if you don't have a child yet, you know those young children around you. They are the future. They are the hope of the nation. They are the hope of the community. I think the earlier we begin to look to them, to prepare them, to love them, to empower them, pray for them, love them, prophesy over them, then the better our future will be. Because I think when we look at our current leaders in power, whether government and all of that, how do we think we're going to change them? We have to say, as for you guys, go on with your good selves. We will prepare these ones so that we can have hope. And because if we don't prepare them, there's going to be a multiplication of what is going on, because they only model what they see. Have you seen corruption? As they see, they, they they will take it to another level. But that would not be a portion in Jesus' name. So we must care. We must care that the world beast out there, we must, we, it doesn't matter if you were raised without concern. That's what the ostrich thinks. The ostrich was also raised that way. That ostrich, that mother ostrich that, that laid the eggs, if I don't even talk about the male ostrich, that one has gone since. But other breasts, even the chicken, as chicken, you know the chicken, when they say chicken, chicken don't have much, they still sit on their eggs. At least they hatch the chicks, and the chicks will follow them for a a season. And really, if you try to, remember when I was young, if you try to snatch one of the chicks, if you see how the hen will turn around at you, (laughs) you want to peck you and all of that. So there's still some form of concern. But this ostrich, because, you know why she does that? Because she also, that's how she survived. She too was an ostrich egg, but she lived. Maybe they laid five of her, only two of them survived. So she's like, oh boy, sort yourself out. (laughs) Me too, there was nobody there for me. Don't say that when I was growing up, there was nobody there for me, it's by the grace of God. Uh, we We cannot with the children of this generation use that approach. We have to be deliberate, we have to love them, we have to pray for them. People talk to me these days about teenagers, oh my child, I don't even understand. You know, I will shout on her. what are you doing? You are playing, do you know the course you are studying? You have to, and I'm like, don't have to shout. Okay, first of all, communicate in a loving tone. Know you are concerned. Love, pray, explain. Let the Holy Spirit give you um, clarity and creativity. I remember our youngest daughter, there was one day in school, I think she was still in like elementary school, like primary three, three, four, and she used to get awards every term. We would go for the prize giving day and go for the prize. And this particular day, she said, we finished. And then she said, and we're going to go home with her after school that day. And she had all the prizes and the certificates. And she said, "Eh, so what are you going to buy for me? for me. What? For what? Eh, what are you going to give me for the? Br- I'm going to say, come. <laughs> I was really surprised because I was thinking, when did that start? But I, I had to explain to her that it's unconditional love. I love you whether you do well or you don't do well. But you would always come first. Like first, second. Leave the glass. So, but I said, whose name is on the certificate? She said it was- is he my name? Did I shout? No. We were still in the school premises and I was smiling. saying, my dear, <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> I had to put things straight because maybe her friends might say that, oh, my daddy bought me a day because I came first. Uh, do, 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 do. Because some parents, they bribe their children for their absence. And I said, Adora. I, I always tell her, always give God the glory. Because he gave you, I know you work hard, you, you really work hard, I know you study and you take your, I know that, she's very competitive. But one, God gave you a good brain and all of that, you understand things fast when the teacher teaches you, yeah? But number two, I only came to support you. <laughs> and I like to come, I will go to the front when they call her I'll just quickly go, take the picture, boom, go back to my seat. But I said, it's your name that is on the certificate. Me, I've done mine since. <laughs> so I put things straight and then she understood. And I said, look, we take you out, you travel, you do. Even before you started going to school or doing well. So it has nothing to do with it. And she got the message. We have to be creative. You see, if we, are, if we think and say, Lord, help me to lead this child. Lord, I don't understand this teenager. That's even before they become teenagers. Give me understanding. You understand, it's a phase. Help me to love, help me to be patient, help me to say the right things, help me to pray the right prayers. Hello? Help me to hang in there. Because at the end of the day, when they come back out of their crazy phase, they too will realize that there was a period of time that they were like funny. But they'll be like, thank you because you I don't even know you coped with me. And then you'll be very happy. That you provided unconditional love. I think that was another day. How old was she? Or who was it? Which of them? That she said that uh, 10 years old, uh, I, I want to have a phone. For what? Here in Nigeria. Primary five or primary six. Hey, my friend has it. said, What's your friend's name? She said it. What's your name? Do you want to change to their family? <laughs> no, mommy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it in the Bible? You would think that a pastor's house will be quoting Bible every time to them. No. We pray, we share the word, but I do not have to say, uh, eh, because even if you say, uh, God does not want to, uh, God doesn't, God, you cannot have a phone, and the child will say, where did God say that? So so don't even go there, because if not, you have to say, well, well, well. The child will say, where is it? So you quickly say that, in this house. In the summer day, I mean. <laughs> we don't do phones at 10. What, what don't you understand about that? Hello? In a kind and loving way. One time I was reading the newspapers. It was Saturday. I was reading the newspapers, having my breakfast. And this one came, this little one. And then they would say, we want somebody should not be reading and eating at the same time. <laughs> Smart. you see, there's nothing to shout about. Some of you say, Hey, is it me? You're talking about that. Come here, you pull the child here, go to the corner, you rude thing. What is that? The child is expressing her creativity. <laughs> Do you want a mumu for a child? No, sorry that it looks like talking back. It was not even talking back. I just said, mm. <laughs> I'm going to round up now. Remember what I said, I just said. <laughs> sorry, I just said, that's what we adults enjoy. <laughs> oh, thank you Jesus. <laughs> let's just give him praise, let's give him. I said, well, yeah, that's what we adults enjoy. <laughs> when you get there, you'll be able to read. And this was the whole thing. Yes, you love your child to read and eat, but this one it's school time. Breakfast is reading and we're running late. So I had to ban her for a season. When you are eating, you're not gonna read. So it's a good thing, except you learn to re- eat fast. Of course, I lifted the ban later on. But for her to come and say hey, some people will be reading. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, don't, don't be so hard on them. Because you love them, that sometimes you burst out in laughter. And I said, yes, that's why I'm an adult. (laughs) And yes, it looks like chancing or whatever, but you know, sometimes you just have to come down to their level and explain things. Let's empower with love. And let's teach them also. Because of time, I did a survey of what followers should... um, what um, leaders want followers to do, to understand their vulnerabilities, to be honorable in their dealings with us. If you're a follower, be honorable, be truthful, be honorable in your dealings with me. And ask questions, form a habit of asking questions if there are things you don't understand. Don't go about assuming, gossiping, and stuff like that. Amen. I hope we were blessed by that. Father, we thank you. Let's just thank him and give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, because I know, Lord God, that these words fall to the ground and you will give us more understanding and expound it in our hearts, oh God. Father, in the days and weeks and months to come, help us to be more effective leaders as parents, as nurturers, as caregivers, oh God. Help us, Lord, to look out for the younger generation whether we are parents or not even those of us that are leaders in the in the secular lord help us to just have that compassion on the very young people father and pull them up because you said many times they are like sheep without a shepherd they're like going astray lord they don't some of them are trying to lead themselves and get into cult and get into drugs but father Put it in our hearts that we will look out for them, oh God, and not leave them behind so our future can be better than it is right now. In Jesus' name, amen.